Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Happy Friday, man. Happy Friday, wrapping up this week in Matthew chapter 3. I have really gotten a lot out of our discussions and conversations this week. It's been a good week, and as it's winding down, we want to invite all of our listeners, if you're in the Tampa area, come out and Worship with us Sunday. All the information you need for that is at christiansmeethere.org. We've read most of the chapter throughout the episodes this week in our conversations. Let's go ahead and finish that up. But uh, how about you in your New King James there, start in verse 11, get us to the end of the chapter. All right, Matthew 3, verse 11 to the end of the chapter. John the Baptist is talking, and he says in verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This passage brings up perhaps one of the biggest questions that I've heard from Christians, struggles, and I know folks are going to want us to talk about this, so let's just throw it out there, this big elephant in the room. John says that he was baptizing with a baptism of repentance. Repentance. This is a baptism of repentance. In other words, you need to repent. Mm -hmm. And he's baptizing in order to point them towards someone else who is coming. Coming after him. Something that he's not even worthy to carry the sandals. So now here comes the guy that he's going to be pointing to. Spoiler. Whom we know never sinned, Mm -hmm. had no need for repentance at all. Yeah, That seems to be highlighted by John himself, isn't it? I mean, as we begin to think about this question, why was Jesus baptized? That's my question. Yeah, you've got uh, John saying, I baptize for repentance. And when Jesus presents himself to be baptized, verse 14 said, John tries to stop him. Says he tried to prevent him and even say, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? That seems to me to be the admission that you aren't needing to repent of anything. So uh, you are holier than I. You know, I'm I'm not going to be carrying your your sandals. I'm not worthy to do such a thing. And here's a fellow who is a prophet from God, given a mission from God to prepare the way and say, "Behold, right here is God." And when Jesus comes, 
he does not treat him like any of these other Jews. He doesn't treat him like the Sadducees or the Pharisees. So maybe we could just start with that. John knew something about Jesus. I'm not sure exactly what it was that he knew. I, I've, I've talked with others, and you know, I've, I've heard some folks say that they think I'm wrong about this, but I look in, in the Gospel of John, which, of course, that's written by John the Apostle, not the John we're talking not about John, now. Not John the Baptist. And in John chapter 1, uh, verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him. That is, that uh, the, you know, some things that have happened, and he sees Jesus coming back. After the baptism, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. So if I'm understanding John's account there, Mm -hmm. John the Baptist said, I didn't know he was the Messiah until... I saw the Spirit descend upon him. So when he's looking at Jesus saying, hey, you should really baptize me, um, that I don't think that's because John already knew he was the Messiah. I don't think that's because John already knew he was the one to come. I think Jesus had been living in a way that even John knew, look, you, you're already there. Hmm. I'm calling these people to repentance, but you're, you're already there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why you're here. I, I mean, really, if out of the two of us, somebody needs to repent, it's me. You should be baptizing me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe that passage in John is he speaking figuratively or making a play on words or something. I don't know. But it sure seems like John says, I didn't know until this moment. So he baptizes Jesus. And of course, the spirit does descend upon him like a dove. And, and God says, look, the one that you, when you baptize right. in water and it's actually water and spirit, mm-hmm. which I think that may tell us something about John's baptism, that it was just a baptism of water. Right. Jesus is a baptism of water and spirit. Yeah. That's one of the markers of the one coming after him. And so here, this one who the, upon whom the Spirit descends and remains, mm-hmm. he says that's the one who is now going to turn around and, and baptize in the Spirit, who's going right. to do more than what you're doing. And also baptize with fire. And also baptize with fire. So the big question in all this is why did Jesus need to be baptized? He had nothing to repent of. He did not need the remission of sins. He didn't need to look forward to somebody else who was coming because he is the one who was coming. Why is Jesus baptized? So the Lord says to John in verse 15 of Matthew 3, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he allowed him. I have struggled with that phrase, what does it mean to fulfill all righteousness, for a long time. I mean, I think at its heart, it is saying, look, it's right. It's right. It's what God wants. It's what my Father wants. And so in order to do what my Father wants... I need to do this, and you need to you need to baptize me. And to that end, it is a validation that John the Baptist himself is a prophet come from God. Mm-hmm. That if this is God's message for the people, and the work of the Christ is to fulfill all the law and all the prophets, then then here is a command and a teaching. This should be done as well. Um, you know, so it's it's. It's when we say that Jesus is sinless, it's not that he 
it's not just he did nothing wrong. It's also he did everything right. right. Yes, he yes, did yes, everything yes. right. I want to home in on one of the things you just said there as you were explaining. You talked about him fulfilling all the law and the prophets. Yeah. I think that's a very significant point and might give us some insight to this idea of fulfill all righteousness because of that word fulfill. Yeah. That word is used in Matthew 15 other times than this one that we're looking at here. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two of them that are just in completely different kind of context that just have essentially a different meaning. You know, most words have more than one meaning. Yes. And so it's used once to talk about the nets of fish being filled, and then it's used once to talk about um, descendants who are sinning just as much as their parents. They were filling up the sins of their ancestors. Ah, okay. so, so it's kind of two different kinds of contexts. Just, hey, but we're still using this word idea in a of coming, way. coming to completion, well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, fullness. Yeah, I mean, even when words have different meanings, a lot of times they, they There's overlap. There's a similarity. But so let's, let's move those two to the side. So 13 of the other times this word is used, every single one of those 13, it's about fulfilling scripture in some way. Mm. fulfilled what was said of the prophet Isaiah, fulfilled what was said in Hosea, fulfilled okay. the law and the prophets. Jesus says, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. That, yeah. that phrase that you used just a moment ago. So here's a word that in Matthew pretty universally actually talks about what is being fulfilled. And again, except for those two times when we're just in different contexts entirely, yeah. it's the idea of fulfilling scripture fulfilling the word of God. God. And mm. Jesus says, permit this to be so that I'm that we can fulfill all righteousness. God has a plan. God mm. has a word. God has a promise. Yeah. And for us to walk through that and be everything that has said I, I'm supposed to be, we need to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm, I'm just kind of piecing together some things right now, even as, as I'm talking to you. You know, I, I've talked to some folks that say, oh, John already knew. John already knew. And it just it, it occurs to me if John already knew and he knew that the point was I've got to baptize the one and the spirit's got to descend on him so I can say it. Why would he ever tell Jesus? Well, no, no, I don't need to baptize you <laughs> because he knew what he was supposed to do was baptize yeah. the one. The one. So I, I think there was that disconnect. He didn't know. But Jesus like, no, no, fulfill all righteousness. What is he saying? I've got to fulfill all of what is right, all of what is promised, all of what is prophesied, all of the law and the prophets. How does this do that? Well, it's not because we've got some sentence somewhere in the law that says in the future, Jesus will get, the Messiah will get baptized. Right. But I tell you what we do have. We have Israel, the firstborn son of God, going through the Red Sea, Mm. being separated out and separated unto God for God's purpose for them. Mm -hmm. And that, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, was a baptism of water and spirit. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 10. Then we have, when that generation dies out in the wilderness, God reenacts that as they go through... Jordan River. Right where all this baptizing is taking place. into Canaan land, that's right. So here John has gone... Why would John go out to the wilderness? Why baptize in the Jordan? Are not the rivers of Barbana and Farpar much better? I mean, couldn't he have come up with other places to... Well, yeah, of course he could, but why go to the Jordan? Because it is bringing to mind the very story of Israel. Mm -hmm. As Israel comes into the promised land, ready to take residence in the kingdom of God, they go through this in a figurative way, baptism of going through the water. Now, for them, of course, it was going through on dry land. Yeah. And again, I think I'm standing on solid ground when I refer to that as a baptism because Paul refers to what happened at the Red Sea as a baptism. And so what we have is now Jesus 
is doing what Israel did. There is a baptism. There is, okay, I am being separated now for my mission, for my purpose, and I am starting this plan. And uh, if we can carry it to the next step, next week we're going to read in Matthew chapter 4 what happens next. He gets taken out into the wilderness for 40 days of testing. Yeah. Just like after Israel went through the Red Sea, they went out into the wilderness for 40 years of testing. Mm-hmm. What, is this, what is Jesus doing here? He is fulfilling all righteousness. He is fulfilling not just... I mean, we're going to say this again and again, not just the sentences, but the very story, the very the very life. But, but what is Jesus? Okay, let's tie this into what you said a minute ago. It's not that he didn't sin. It's that he did all things right. He is walking through Israel's story, and where Israel failed again and again and again, Jesus is victorious again and again and again. He's taking that journey, but he's doing it right. And that's what we're seeing here. And in verse 17... You have the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Psalm 2. What an affirmation that Jesus is fulfilling all righteousness. Fulfilling all righteousness. He is the Son. You know, Israel, my firstborn son, out of Egypt I called my son. Mm -hmm. This, Mm -hmm. this is my son. This is my son. I am well pleased in this son. This is exciting, exciting. Uh, So glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. And uh, we're just learning about Jesus, and it is fantastic seeing all of these f- prophecies fulfilling and looking forward to being together, Lord willing, on Monday when we begin Matthew chapter 4. I thought you were going to say on Sunday again, because we want to remind everybody, come come worship with us at the Livingston Church. So, let's, I mean, you said that at the beginning, but I want to repeat it, and you can find out more about that at uh, christiansmeethere.org. Org. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, you are wondrous and awesome. You have set the stage for Jesus to come into the world so magnificently, and now we're watching as Matthew records and tells us about it. We look back, and there's just no doubt in our mind, Jesus is your Son. He is the Son in whom you are well pleased. He is the descendant of David and Abraham. He's the Christ. And so, Lord, we give our lives over to him. We bow our knees and confess him as Lord. And we give him our allegiance, and we pray that you help us get this message out to as many people as possible. It's through him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Worship with us Sunday. All the information you need for that is at Livingston. No, no, what's our website? ChristiansMeetHere.org.